Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Glad you're with us. I want to continue a conversation that we were having last hour. Stu and I were talking about why is it we feel like we are losing um, when we're not. And I think it's because people haven't caught up yet. This is, Winning is a new thing. You know, I haven't really felt like we were winning in quite some time, maybe since the Tea Party, and we all saw how that worked out. Uh, however, this is different. This is real change that is happening, and it's happening all across America. And I want to I start there and take your phone call at 888-727-BECK. Next. The Glenn Beck Program. Christy has just written. She's from Texas. She said, Glenn, my dog is 16 years old. Uh, she had quite uh, she had uh, a, quite a problem eating her food. She would just give up on it and she was losing weight. The vet wasn't very happy with me about it. Boy, do I know that one. I thought I'd give rough greens a try. Guess what? It's only been a week. She's already eating again. I can tell she's gaining weight already. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love what rough greens has done for my dog. Christy, thank you for writing in. It's a rough green story that I hear over and over again, and I know firsthand because of my dog, Uno. This is not a dog food. It's a supplement that you sprinkle on the food. Dogs usually love it. It tastes amazing, apparently, to them. Meanwhile, they're getting all the vitamins and minerals and other things, probiotics that uh, your dog needs, my dog needs. You can get a free bag of rough greens for your dog just to try out. Make sure he'll eat it, and it's free. All you pay for is shipping. Just go to roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens, R-U-F-F, greens.com slash Beck, or call 833-GLEN-33. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Uh, Stu, we were talking last hour about this uh this feeling that we are are losing somehow yeah you get this a lot from conservatives right now who just obviously we're in a tough time and a lot of things have gone wrong over the past couple of years and there there's a sort of pervasive sense of constant losing you know the, the example i hear all the time is this example of like you know we can't just sit here and like let people have trans uh, you know uh trans what was it uh the story time you know yeah, trans drag queen story time. yeah drag queen story time um and and like yeah of course i would agree it's not a not a good thing for our society uh, although you know I, I will say it's not a recognizable part of my life uh, you know I, I now i live in texas where there's a lot of you know there's a lot of pushback maybe if you're living in you know downtown portland the libraries are quite different uh but it does seem that there's this sense of we're constantly in this state of losing where like you know it, we're only, I mean, in 2021, Donald Trump was president. That, that, that was still going on in this year, right? Uh, obviously, we're seeing the results of, of some of the, the judges, and I think the legal system has held up pretty well when it comes to all of the crazy challenges that the left has brought to it uh, in the later parts of this year. Uh, that's been, I think, a positive. Um, and what's happening, I think, now, we see everywhere from Afghanistan to inflation, is people are seeing the results of what happens when you go the other way. And that is likely to lead to positive things pretty soon down the road. Now, we've also talked about how far ahead many times progressives are with things like ESG, and, and it makes you really doubt what the future can hold. But we also should recognize that a lot of these things that we've tried to do over the years have worked pretty well. 
And we've pushed back and won a lot of these battles, too. It's not a constant state of losing. The left isn't, you know, it's, it's, this is not, it's not Samson. In a way, it is Samson. But, you know what I mean? It's not this unbelievable, uh, impossible victory for conservatives. We, we, we succeed more than I think we give ourselves credit for. Well, we, we have, especially recently, I mean, uh, you know, there is um, Donald Trump succeeded he succeeded probably better than any other president uh in my lifetime in getting real some real changes made for instance the middle east is the biggest the biggest thing and he demonstrated a couple of things one you can support israel and not have the world come against you you can move the embassy there but you can also get the people in the middle east to start siding with israel and against hamas hezbollah and terror and he had a historic peace deal now it's falling apart you don't have to negotiate with terrorists you don't have to give them money uh, to get them to uh, comply with you far as Iran. Um, you, you can end wars. You don't need to have these endless ongoing wars. What you need to do is go in and hammer the bat snout out of them and then move on. And that's how he killed the caliphate. You have, um, you have people now in, uh, in the conservative movement that are looking at possible war with China, possible war with um, with Russia. And you have people who have always been very, very America first and let's go get them that are saying, I don't want war. I don't want war. Let's let's mind our own business here. Let's take care of America. And thus, if we set a good example, we will change the world. That's new. We're not so hawkish as we were. Some of these things are um, are game changing for the Republicans. Here's here's something else. We don't trust the Republicans. Before we had, you know, these these rhinos that were running Michael Steele that were running the Republican Party. Now, I think you have voters, Republican voters that if they had another uh, option, somebody that they believed would actually go buck their own party, if need be, to stop playing the same game, they'd vote for them and they'd want them in. They want to get rid of these clowns in office. And it's more mature than it was with the Tea Party. We know how the game is played now. And we don't trust that you're just going to be elected and then you're going to go and do it. We watch you now. The other thing is, is we have been playing uh, the game. And I, I see this one firsthand. I've been telling you that there are Marxists in our government and, and, and in the Democratic Party for the last 20 years. And it has been laughed, mocked, and ridiculed. I've been called a conspiracy theorist. I've been called a, uh, a racist for saying that the president was a Marxist. Uh, I've been called all kinds of names. You notice nobody's denying now that Marxists are involved in our government. 
that Marxists are trying to overthrow the United States, that uh, this this revolution is truly a revolution. Notice not a lot of people now in the middle are denying that it seems as though the Democratic Party has been taken over by radicals and revolutionaries. That was unheard of. That's a huge, huge change. Again, have you noticed that the press isn't listened to? Have you noticed that Jimmy Kimmel or uh, who was it this week? Uh, uh, Fallon gets uh, the president on and he's talking about the economy and nobody is buying into this economy lie Mm -hmm. and nobody's watching Fallon. Nobody's watching Kimmel. Certainly nobody's watching a bunch of dancing syringes. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> oh, that was that was terrible. You don't have the power of SNL anymore because it's not funny. It's just not funny. And it's gone through periods of not being funny, but it has now just given into we are a propaganda arm. That's all we're supposed to do is hold up the right people and make fun of the wrong people as the woke crowd decides. America isn't having any of that. that. That's a huge change. You're seeing movies like we talked about earlier. Movies are now starting to become what Christian movies used to be. Christian movies used to be like, okay, I got it. I got it. Stop being so preachy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so they always sucked. This now, that's what's happening to the left. The left is starting to make that Santa Claus thing on HBO. What is that? That claymation by Sarah Silverman and Seth Rogen. It's awful. It's awful because they've forgotten that it's entertainment that is much more important than the message. You can't get anybody to listen to the message. And yet we are now starting to understand entertainment and our message is gaining strength because a we are starting to learn how to tell stories on the right and b the things that we've always talked about that were conspiracy theories or only theories are now being proven to be true i say something now uh and it used to take you know 10 years before you would see it I can tell you now about the Great Reset and tell you that I think we're really, really behind the eight ball. But three months later, they've called it a conspiracy theory and they're discredited because they are actually implementing it. And the banks are now doing these things and you can point to them and people are paying attention to it. We are winning because people are waking up and the sides are flipping. They, they had the conservatives down because they said it's all about Jesus and God and they're forcing you to live like Jesus wants you to live. Okay, mm-hmm. that's, how they, that's how they destroyed us. Well, they are forcing people into their religion and people are understanding their religion is not based on facts it is a faith-based religion just believe fauci that's different than science believe fauci believe what we say deny what your eyes are showing you 
Deny what your ears are hearing. Deny what your wallet is saying every time you go to the grocery <laughs> store. Deny those things and believe us. It's not going to last. You can't spin your, your way out of milk being triple the cost. Can't. You can't. The media can't. doesn't have that sort of power. But let me ask you this. This sort of sprung from a conversation I had with my wife on this idea that there's just this feeling of despair among the American people at times. You know, part of this obviously is COVID from both sides. You know, people losing loved ones and people having to deal with crazy restrictions and losing their livelihoods and all the things associated with it. And that's part of this era that I don't think you can separate. But, you know, it was after the the Wisconsin parade incident where the guy, where that SUV ran over all those people, Glenn, mm-hmm. the, or the out-of-control SUV. Out of control. We said weird. SUVs were going to kill all the planet, and, and it here, there it is. But after that happened, my wife, you know, we were going back and forth, I think, on text on it, and she said something like, you know, what is this world coming to? I can't believe, what what is this? And that's a totally rational, like, reaction to a madman running over a bunch of people at a Christmas parade, obviously. But then I, 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 as I started thinking about it myself a little bit, we, that very same weekend, had gone to a Christmas parade slash festival type of thing. Unafraid. And it, unafraid. And it was awesome. We had a great time. Our community was gathered. There were people from, I'm sure, all over the political spectrum there, but everyone was great. And we had a great time and we loved it. And at the same, the same weekend, t- probably tens of thousands of communities had similar events that were fantastic and everybody loved them and they all left happy and they, you know, they had their hot cocoa and they, their kids were, you know, wide eyed looking at Santa Claus and all the things that happened all over the country for so many people. And almost all of them were not at this one parade that we all know about that was legitimately tragic and horrible and we need to you know we need to worry about and and stop of course but it doesn't affect uh and you know it probably did not affect your life it was a really terrible thing that happened and it gave the sense to even my wife who and myself who were at really wonderful events that same weekend that the whole society was falling apart and i mean it is, in reality, that's not true, right? I mean, wh- it how is do we, not true. How do we stop that? Uh, we we stop listening, and it's happening. We stop listening to the coasts. Hmm. We stop listening to the coasts. But we don't. We can't not talk about that event. We can't not cover it. It's not the media saying, "Okay, well, don't worry about that." They seem to not want to talk about the the Wisconsin parade, right? Because it, it didn't feed their narrative, which is waking even more people up Mm. the ones who responded the ones who helped the ones who are talking about it were talking about it those generally speaking are the conservatives the conservative movement the ones who are ignoring this clear tragedy and a flaw in their own thinking their own system they brought this upon this community they're not talking about it and by not talking about it the people are noticing especially the people in the town wait a minute how come nobody's talking about us how come nobody's nobody's paying attention yeah how come the news rooms in america just abandoned that story Hmm. people are waking up and noticing 
That's the most important thing. That's what I've been saying for years. Wake up, America. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Once you awake this sleeping giant, it's a giant and it wins. So do you, is it important to have those things together? Being awake, noticing what's going on, understanding the world, but also keeping it in perspective. I mean, I think that's a difficult thing for people to do when they're barraged by it constantly on social media and everything else. Well, that's why I think it's important for people like us to um, ring the bell of alarm, but also talk about our successes. You know, I, I did not feel this way three months ago. Mm. I didn't feel this way three, four months ago. Um, I just didn't think we had it in us. I was giving up on the American people. I'm not there now. I really, truly believe we are well positioned for a win. Let me give you another example. When we come back, I want to talk about the texts that came out on January 6th. Mm -hmm. They've just been released. Let me give you another example there. First, let me tell you about Tuttle Twins books. These are these are a must to have. Uh, under your tree for Christmas. I don't care if you have teenagers or if you have toddlers, they have books for everybody. And if you have kids or grandkids, or maybe you just want to understand it yourself and you've never read Leviathan or you've never read The Road to Serfdom, I've read Road to Serfdom. I haven't read Leviathan. Have you? Mm, no, I don't and, think so. And we should. We should all know those things if we're going to try to de defend our country and our system. That's what the Tuttle Twins uh, books do, but they break it down. I mean, literally, they break those stories down for toddlers to teens. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. If you want to save the Republic, you have to save your own family and your own children and grandchildren first. Get them now 40% off. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Yeah. Um, look for the actual texts. I, I, uh, I had them earlier I this morning. You mm -hmm. have them? Yep. These are the texts that now have been revealed uh, by the press and by Congress of all of the texts between all of the people in on January 6th. What do the texts say? Yeah, this is mainly the focus from the media has been on Fox News hosts who were texting Mark Meadows on January 6th. Uh, Laura Ingram texted Mark Meadows and said, Mark, the president needs to tell people in the Capitol to go home. This is hurting all of us. He is destroying his legacy. Um, then you had um, Brian Kilmeade from Fox and Friends uh, urged Meadows in a text message to, quote, please get him on TV. The riot was destroying everything you have accomplished. Hannity asked Meadows if Trump could make a statement and ask people to leave the Capitol. Um, there's also a text uh, from Donald Trump Jr., Mm -hmm. um, who called on his father to condemn the actions of the rioters and make a speech from the Oval Office. Okay, so you can say, look at look at the influence they had. Look at the direct access. And that's what they're doing. These Trump people were listening to Fox News people. Really? Because I thought your argument was this was a well-coordinated effort right. to overthrow the government and everybody who's a conservative was in on it. It shows that the leading voice you stand against, Fox News, they were against it. Even the president's son 
was saying, I got dad. You got to say something right now. You got to say something. So at best, you have something that was so well coordinated that only the president was involved. (laughs) Okay, you've made the point here. You've destroyed your own your own point. Right. Because it seems like the media is trying to basically say, well, You've heard dismissive comments from Fox News hosts about the seriousness of January 6th. But in the moment, they knew how serious it was and were texting they the president. Knew how it, they knew, but that is in the moment when you don't know what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Stop it right now. Why you're having dismissive is because they're labeling us dismissive because we say it wasn't as bad as the Civil War. Right. <laughs> to them, that's dismissive. To us, that's the truth. But every American, every American, maybe 5% disagree with this. They did not want that to happen. And by the way, in that 5%, Antifa that wants chaos. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So the uh, CEO of Goldman Sachs just said publicly that he expects lower returns on the stock market for a few years the stock market is overinflated and it's overinflated by money that was has been coming from the Fed. Now that the Fed will know this week is going to start ratcheting that money down, you're going to see the stock market start to go down as they raise interest rates. You're going to see all kinds of bad things as you see um, uh, inflation go up, whether it's from money printing or people not willing to work uh, or both in this case. You're going to see problems, and eventually all of this would mean a, a dollar that is worthless, and they're going to have to change to something. When the world goes insane, you should run to gold or silver. Please call this week, call Goldline, and find out how to diversify and protect a portion of your retirement with precious metals. Call them now, 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. You get Glenn TV, Stu Does America, and so much more. Use the promo code Glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, uh, we've been talking about winning and uh, the feeling of being defeated they need you they want you this is Sololinsky. you've got to feel defeated but you're not you're not even close we are close to defeating them it's only a matter of time if we continue to show courage and stand up and stand up together arm in arm been writing stuff for my son recently because he is uh, he's getting ready to you know graduate and move out on his own and been trying to God, i know isn't that crazy? horrifying as you say that horrifying, i've known you for know. too long i know horrifying. <laughs> i remember when he was when you went to get him yeah I, oh my I know. gosh um <clears throat> be brave when you're alone be brave when you want to quit be brave When your mind fills with fog so thick a knife can't cut it, be brave. The sun rose today, and so did you. Both happened for a reason. Be brave. 
Let me go to Chris in New York. Hello, Chris. Hi. How are you, Glenn? Good. How are you? You bet. So I'm in, like you said, lovely New York. And uh, (laughs) we have have Governor Hochul here who just uh, decided she was going to force us all to wear masks again. Mm -hmm. And got to tell you, it's a grind, but people are waking up. I mean... We have a county, Saratoga County. They are, uh, it's, it's, um, I'm sure you heard Saratoga. Yes. Um, they're, they're refusing to comply with the governor's mandate. So, yes, yes, very much so. So, you know, you've, the, the, I think the principle of this, the idea behind this is that we did this last year, okay? Why are we doing it again if it didn't work? Correct. Correct. Not only that, <laughs> not only that. But now you've got people that have two, possibly three, possibly four shots, depending on who you are and where you fall within the spectral spectrum of liberalism. Um, <laughs> and, and it just doesn't make any sense. So are the shots working? Is the mask working? Wh- which one is it? So I think it all comes down to uh, power. I think Governor Hochul waited for this variant to come. And she seized the moment, like most politicians do on the left, and decided that it was time to put her fist down, show her power. Um, and she, she instituted the mask mandate. The problem that she's going to have is that the compliance level is not going to be there. And I can already see that it's not there. Yeah. Well, so, and that's saying something think, coming from even upstate New York. It's saying something that New Yorkers are saying, you know, enough is enough. Because I, I have, thank you for your call, Chris. I have, I have family up in Connecticut. You have family up in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. It's almost a mental disorder. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because I think that's the right way to put it in some ways. I was talking to a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a couple of years and uh, she lives up in, in New York City. And she, you know, she's, she said that, you know, something like 75% of people in New York City are still wearing masks outside. Now, again, the, right. even the New York Times says there has never been a single case of outdoor transmission outside of close conversation. But count them again. How many cases? Zero in the world since the beginning of right. this. Right, but in the entire universe? None. Okay. Okay. So there's no reason to be doing that. But she was describing, you know... That area really was scarred from this. Unlike we, you know, like I'm in Texas and we never had a bout that felt really scary like that. Like she was saying to the point where she couldn't do, she was working from home. They couldn't leave. They were importing um, Rikers prisoners to hotels in their neighborhood and just letting them live there. They're out in the streets doing heroin. You go out to take your dog for a walk. You can't even do that. She couldn't get on phone calls, uh, you know, conference calls for her job because it was constant sirens for months. And so beyond the fact that they're liberal there, they were really legitimately scarred as a society from those early months. And they don't they don't trust each other anymore. They don't trust each other. They think everyone's out to kill them. Yeah, I mean, it is it is like legit psychosis at some level it is evil what has been done to people it really is evil uh what's been done and it's not all just government crackdowns like it is in other areas i think i think a lot of people you know you're in wyoming you've never dealt with anything like what they dealt with in the cuomo area of this catastrophe it really was scarring to people so you can understand them act- acting irrationally 
But it's it's supposed to be the job of science and government to get over the hump of that uh, of of the emotions of a tragic event and treat it in a sober fashion. But we can't. We can't seem to do that. No, because it has been made into politics. They want this to divide us. And the more you put mask mandates in, the more you are making good guys and bad guys. And it's it's scientifically uh, very weak at best, at best. And scientifically, to make bad guys and good guys in a society... You, I can find all kinds of studies that will show you that leads to civil war. That doesn't lead anywhere good. And, uh, and, and unfortunately, that's what they're choosing to do. Let me go to Steve in Iowa. Hi, Steve. Hey, Glenn. Thank you very much for taking my call. Oh, my gosh. Hang on. I'm going to put you back on hold because of really bad connection. See if we can clear up his connection. Let's go to Sharon, Indiana. Hello, Sharon. Hey, Glenn. Um, I just wanted to talk to you about your ghost in the museum. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Um, Uh Well, I watch a show on the Travel Channel, and it's called The Dead Files. And it's got Amy Allen, she's a physical medium, and Steve Deshavi, who's a retired detective. And she can talk to the dead. That's what she says. And then Steve, he goes around and he investigates the history of the people in the, in the area and so forth and what's happened. Maybe there's a murder or whatever. Oh, we have to call them. I would love to do I a know. show. I'd love to do a ghost hunting show, even if they're complete frauds. I could talk to the dead. <laughs> Great. Let's see it. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we have this video that's really weird, really weird. Has it continued to happen since we nope. initially uncovered it? Just that nope, one time. Just that one time. It's very interesting. Uh, and, uh, and it happens to be coming from a really dark part of the museum that has an electric chair and a guillotine and everything else. Uh, and, uh. Uh, I'd love to. I'd love to have somebody come and investigate and tell us what that was on the on the uh, videotape. Thanks for your call. Let me go to a Gail. Hi, Gail. You're on the Glenn Beck program. Hi, Glenn. Number one, I just want to thank you for being such a good patriot. You know, I know you like Trump could be sitting back all comfy cozy, but you don't. You are. Teaching, you're educating us. I think you're probably going to be there as one of the greatest patriotic teachers ever. Oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, but I was at dinner with Donald Trump last Friday at his house. And uh, nope, I couldn't be sitting back comfortable like he is. Uh, That's not <laughs> what he's uh, doing, is he? No, he's not. Yeah. But I mean, uh, you know, if he chose, he could sit back and he's very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Mar-a-Lago is pretty sweet. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's an amazing place. Mm. Uh, let me go to Steve. Back, Steve, do we have you on a good line now? Yeah, can you hear me? Okay? Yes, I can. Good. Go ahead. Okay. I wanted to comment on a possible huge disruption to the supply chain network. My dad works for a company that supplies gasoline and diesel to gas stations in the upper Midwest. And they got an internal memo about a possible shortage of a chemical that over probably 80% of all diesel vehicles in the United States use. And it's called diesel uh, or DEF, which is. Uh, oh, yeah. You have to pour that in your. I have that for uh, my truck. You just you buy it at like, you know, the gas station and you pour it into the gas tank. Right. Uh, no, it actually has its own tank. 
Oh, it's then. a diesel exhaust fluid. Uh, uh, in the semis, uh, we have a tank on the side of our trucks. It's 15 to 20 gallons. Most pickups have another, next to the gas nozzle, they have another port that you put the, a nozzle into or you dump a, bo- a bottle of it in there. It's two and a half gallons, and it fills, and it's injected into the exhaust to clean the exhaust up. It was mandated by the government back in the early 2000s that all diesel trucks over, or all diesel engines over 50 horsepower are required to have this, including pickups, semis, and tractors. Right. And uh, a lot of equipment. Well, there's a possible disruption in the supply of this coming into the new year because oh. the urea that goes into the DEF, it's urea and water, is imported. A lot of it is imported. Well, if we can't get it, then the computers in the in diesel shut engines will not let that engine run. Yeah, it will shut it down. Oh, my well, God. Can you imagine if there's a shortage of DEF? Now, there's a lot of trucks out here that don't require it, the older trucks, but... There's a lot of new Major trucks that do. Mine does, and that's what yeah. I was. That's I have a new truck, and I have a couple of old trucks that don't need it. But the new trucks, you know, I don't even know how long ago it was mandated to do this, but it shuts it down. If you don't put it back in, the electronics shut it down. Uh, that's uh, a real problem. We'll look into that. Would you just write that down? Have our researchers look into DEF shortages. Uh, thank you so much, Steve. Back in just a minute with. Some news about the VP and what she's doing. Oh, you thought you loved Kamala and you thought, what is she doing with her time? You know, when she's not not visiting the border. Well, I'll share it with you coming up in just a second. <laughs> yeah, yes, I will. I will. I will. If you want to create valuable breathing room in your budget, pay less for your home and possibly save up to a thousand dollars a month. Listen up. Now is the time to refinance your mortgage. You've got the benefit of extremely low mortgage rates, the incentive of an economy that has gone insane and may not stabilize for a long time. Take a look at your loan. What is the interest rate? If you're paying more than 3%, it is time to see if you can get that lowered. And all you have to do is place a call to American Financing. Imagine how much it could free up not having to pay a high rate. Imagine what skipping a couple of mortgage payments over the next couple of months would do as well. Imagine how much money you'd save if you rolled your high-interest credit card debt into your mortgage. People have been helped by uh, American financing for 20 years. They've been a client of mine for, I don't even know, 12 years or so, Uh, and They've been helping this audience over and over. They've helped Stu. They've helped Sarah. Helped me. American Financing, 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The Glenn Beck Program. Oh, no, no. oh my gosh. I have to tell you, you know, I thought Kamala Harris might be out of touch. I thought she may not be doing anything, you know, when she's when she's not visiting the border of uh, of Mexico or, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Europe. Uh, What is she redoing? My guess was nothing. But if you read the San Francisco Chronicle, there is a story here that. You ready, Stu? Mm -hmm. Be prepared to like her. Be prepared to change your mind here. She has just finished redecorating her vice presidential office. Oh. And 
Wow. It is, let me just read this article. The office where Harris hosted the Chronicle for a recent interview has been overhauled since photographs were released of it earlier this year, showing sparse decoration and navy blue walls. The room now is warmer, painted in a light shade of blue, and the pattern couches have been swapped for a nearly all-white set. Isn't that beautiful? Mm. But it's what hangs on her walls that speaks the loudless, with carefully curated art pieces that reflect how she differs from the 48 men who held the role before her. You know, she's the first woman, woman of color, black what? woman. Really? Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard that yet. And first graduate of a historically black university or college to be vice president. So behind her desk hangs an abstract painting on loan from the Smithsonian, mm. White and Daisy's Rhapsody. Oh, oh, wow. She's the one who has that behind her desk. After breaking all those barriers, she's got white in yeah. the name of the photo. Yeah, well, it's White Daisy's Rhapsody, and it's mm. lively green, blue, and yellow. Okay. So, um, you know, what I found really fascinating about all of this is, uh, because it goes on, elegantly decorated Christmas tree and garlands now decorate the seat- seating area by the fireplace, unlit. I saw the headline, and what was interesting to me about it was nothing. Well, so I you saw found that. something. In yeah, there. what mm-hmm. I found uh, was that, you know, you I thought she was out of touch, mm-hmm. but for her to be so disliked and everybody's opinion is that she isn't doing anything for someone on her staff to call the Chronicle and say, hey, there's a human interest story here. You might want to cover. Uh, she's redecorated. And she's got really nice art from the Smithsonian now hanging on the walls. I thought that is speaking to the little people. You know what I mean? Mm. That is reaching right out for those people who are like, hey, wow, I'm having a hard time pumping gas. Uh, It's so expensive or, you know, buying milk for the kids. I thought I thought the 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 paint of light shades of blue and the nearly white. Uh, couch with the lively green, blue, and yellow White Daisies Rhapsody painting from the Smithsonian hanging right behind her desk. Mm. I, I thought, wow, that is that's really relatable. Really relatable. Yeah, really relatable. No. <laughs> You're right. It's, yeah, it's not, not. It's not at all. It's not going to make people like her more. I'll say that. She has an interesting way of rubbing people the wrong, the wrong way. way. Yeah. Well, she did come in, I believe, dead last. Uh, <laughs> With all of the, uh, the Democrats. 22 candidates they had running. She yeah. wasn't dead last. She had, there were some people who were even She was like 19. Her. Yeah, I mean, not, no, no <laughs> she, higher than 19, yeah. certainly. But right. I think probably I mean, she somebody. wasn't liked by, she wasn't liked by the voters in the primary. Yeah. And now they expect her to be liked. Somebody said, somebody said, you know, if they are trying to impeach the president, this what. They're not going to impeach this president. Not with her there. No, she's less liked than he is. She's Joe Biden insurance is what she is.